0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say on every show, we've got a great show for you today because we always do. Every artist we bring on is amazing. And today we have Bailey Callahan, and we're definitely excited to hear parts of her story and talk about some of her music and what she's doing. And we've had a—I got a chance to talk to her a little bit before the show, and I think you're gonna love her. So Bailey, are you here?
1: I'm here. Hey Chris and Sandy, how are you? Oh, doing
2: great,
0: and doing great. So, mm-hmm. how you been? You know, I, I always like to start with the with the elephant. You know, we're in the middle of coronavirus. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling through all this and trying to work your way through it?
1: You know. um... I think for me, yeah, we were talking about this before, but everything's kind of like a blessing and a curse. Um, I think that yep. when all my shows got canceled initially, there was a big kind of disappointing factor. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of hard to recoup just because I was, I was so excited about everything. I was supposed to go open up for Eric Church and go mm-hmm. Bentley. And, um, you know, just so many great oh, things wow. were um, on the horizon wow. for me, and they all got canceled. Um, but uh, I I got inducted into this songwriting program for twenty twenty and it's a really elite songwriting program in Nashville. And if my shows hadn't been canceled, um, I don't think I would be able to devote as much time as I am to this now and really getting getting to put songwriting first while all my shows are canceled. So I think that everything has like a blessing and a curse to it and this has definitely been, you know, a a hard time but it has a it's been a blessing in disguise.
0: You know, like I told Sandy when we first launched the show back in January, mm-hmm. when this all went down, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you know, everybody's going to be home. They're going to need to talk. They'll probably be oh, yeah, oh, you because know, us being a new podcast interview type thing, you know, there's certain level of artists that we can't get being new. And I was like, you know what? More artists are going to be open. And I was like, this is our time to shine.
2: For
1: sure. Um, it's neat it's how – um, you know, different people kind of take uh, different opportunities that the coronavirus has given them and how they've mm-hmm. shifted it into becoming a positive thing rather than a negative thing.
0: Most definitely. So as we get started here, tell us, tell everybody a little brief overview of you, of where you're from and a small piece of your story.
1: Yeah. So um, like you said, my name is Bailey Callahan. Um, a lot of my fans know me as like BFC. Um but uh I'm I'm originally from Orlando, Florida. Um I've been doing music. I've been playing guitar since I was 8 and I started writing songs uh around the same time. I've kind of known this is always what I've wanted to do. I had my first oh, well. show gig when I was 11. And so ever since then, I've just been kind of on this nonstop music train all my life. Um and so I graduated <laughs> high school and a week later I moved to Nashville and I've been there for um 2 years which is crazy because um, it doesn't feel like two years but um, I just got a house and I have a dog and you know I think other than the music side of things I've I really try and like embrace where I am and I'm kind of like a like a like a wandering soul at heart and so um, I love to find things from like a local perspective and so kind of making mm-hmm. Nashville my home has been such a fun adventure especially during the pandemic but um, over the course of me living in Nashville I've uh, been fortunate enough to release three singles and um, really kind of establish myself as an artist and and what I have to say Uh, and as a songwriter Mm -hmm. as well which is which has been so awesome because I you know I got started writing songs Um, and so I just think now like I really had this kind of like New Year's resolution I just turned 20 so I wanted to go into 2020 and like go into my 20s kicking butt so um, <laughs> that's what we're trying to do, and hopefully the pandemic hasn't put us too much on a, a little bit of a hold. But we're trying, and I'm just happy to be here talking to y'all.
0: <laughs> What's well, funny? Talk about you just turned 20 and you're trying to go into your 20s kicking butt. 13 months from now, I will be 50. So I'm trying to kick butt before I hit 50, so we can go into my 50s kicking butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome.
1: Yeah, well, hey, so you guys are doing great. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> and we're actually planning on moving to Nashville next year. Um so how's oh, yes. Nashville treated so excited you? About...
1: Um I am sorry, what did you say? It cut out.
0: Uh, I was like, um we're planning on moving to Nashville next year. Um so how's Nashville treated you since you've been there?
1: Um, you know, well first of all congratulations. Nashville's a great place. Um,
2: okay. you know,
1: I think for me, being <laughs> from Florida, I grew up with everything being so kind of colorful as far as like buildings oh. go. And so when mm-hmm. I from, came to Nashville, I mean, I was Nashville when I was like 14, 15. I was and it was during the winter time and again, I'm a Floridian like I I saw snow for the first time this year. So like a winter was <laughs> unheard of to me. Oh, wow. And It was just I was like man like this is really kind of like old looking and then the more and more I I, you know went to Nashville and I got to see things from a local's perspective was really when I fell in love with the area Um, and being there being there for two years I've kind of lived in a few different places so it kind of gives you um, different. Like kind of different, like alleyways of um, different cities and stuff. And so I, I now for sure feel like a local. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to try and embrace this year was lake life. So run mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. to me. And so I think I finally found the closest <laughs> thing I can get to the beach, as far oh, as wow. in Tennessee. Where's, where's that? <laughs> um, it's a little like west. I want to say, and it's a, it's called Narrows of the Harpeth. And it's this river that oh, wow. goes all through, um, like, Franklin and Nashville. Um, but it's mm-hmm. really cool. And, you know, for me, like, I'm used to, like, sand and stuff like that and, like, a little bit of a shoreline. Yeah. And yeah. this is mm-hmm. the closest thing I've found to a shoreline. It's rocks. Oh, well. Wow. But you can, you know, lay <laughs> out on it and put your towel down and get in the river because it's a big uh, canoeing spot. So there's kind of, like, a mm-hmm. a, a current. So it, you know, somewhat like waves crashing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mind over <laughs> matter, right? So, um, yeah,
2: yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You guys yeah,
1: cause will
0: love it because that's going to be the hard, you know hardest part for me. And you know, I've been in Savannah, Georgia, um, yeah, pretty, since I was 14 years old. So pretty much all my life, I am a coastal guy, and mm-hmm. we were planning on eventually moving to oh, Florida, the but the yeah. whole music thing kind of flipped that script on us. And we know we're supposed to be in Nashville. We just feel it. And that was going to be my hardest part. It's like, man, how do I leave the coast? I mean, again, I'm dedicated to Nashville. We're moving to Nashville. There's no question about that. But there's still Mm -hmm. that part of me that loves the coast so much that I can just hop in a car and just go to the coast and just walk and just relax. We can shoot down to Jacksonville, Florida. That's one of our favorite places to go. And just chill. And, you know, and we don't, we won't have that. Up in Nashville, but I know we'll have yeah. more, so
2: <laughs>
0: we it's, will. Yeah,
1: I, it's like a half empty, half full kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I so I I will say the winter time is probably what's the hardest for me because
2: it's like <laughs> the, I feel
1: like the sun doesn't come out at all, and that's when like my Floridian <laughs> self kicks in and I just want like the sun. But it sounds like you, <laughs> you grew up in Savannah, um, and yep. I do have family still in Florida, so I get I, I do come home. When, like, and I have shows pretty regularly in Florida. So it's nice that during the winter I can go back. And it's like, like I said, it sounds like you have family in Savannah. You have the option to go back when it gets a little chilly. Um, But no, it's, it's great. I mean, I really do like, I'm, I'm in Florida right now for two weeks just while I can to see my family before um, I kind of get a little busy with music. But um, I do. I love Nashville. Nashville's just, it's, it's like a, it's home, you know, and it's just so, yeah. everyone's just so welcoming. So y'all will really enjoy it. And,
0: and, you know, something that really showed me about, and I like to tell this story. Now, some people listening, they may not see this as something big. I see this as huge. This is, to me, the spirit of Nashville.
2: But about uh-huh.
0: four or five months ago, I, I reached out on Facebook, and, of course, we got a lot of Nashville friends and a lot of Savannah friends on our Facebook. Right. And, mm-hmm. I, and I asked, well, if did. anybody had an extra podcast mic that I can get from them? And I'm thinking mm-hmm. I will pick, pick it up, you know. And I had a Nashville friend private message me, said, what's your address? I'll mail you one. Oh, my gosh. And that, yeah, And that so showed nice. me. And that showed me the spirit. Mm-hmm of Nashville and I was like, you know, I'm supposed to be there. I just know, it you know, and, and of course we never know where the show is going to go. I had no idea that we was going to talk about Nashville so much, but you know what?
1: Yeah, it's cool. I feel like you always know you're in a, in a, in a nice town. I, I I'm a big outdoors person. I like to hike and run and whatever. And, um, what's cool about Nashville is, you know, Florida's so flat. So I like going on the hikes and like kind of going up, yeah. um, you know, just exploring different places. And so, um, I always know that I'm at, like Nashville's home and just they, I'm surrounded by great people. When you kind of pass someone on like a hiking trail or something and they wave hi to you, you know, I feel like that's when, you know, and they they acknowledge your presence and they're like morning or how's your day going? Like, you know, you're just surrounded by good people. So Nashville's just good <laughs> and, and, you know, all the time.
0: And, and you're kind of going where my next question was, what are some hobbies you, you do outside of music? And I guess hiking is one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, so I I had back surgery about one of my senior years, so maybe two, three years ago, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I, I have rods in my back, I had scoliosis, so they put rods in, and so sometimes I get kind of stiff, and so running has mm-hmm. been, like, a really big kind of, like, oh, wow. I don't know, I, I feel like it, like, kind of opens up my, my back and my body a little bit, mm-hmm. so same as working out, so I bike a lot and run. Um, but overall i think you know as i'm kind of getting older um the the like the, the just the, the the nightlife of nashville is really intriguing to me mm-hmm. too um, so I, I like going out and doing things but i'm also on the road like literally all the time and i and i say that laughing because it's what i love so much but it it takes it so much of my life so when i do have a free night it's nice to just like sit back and watch the office on netflix you know
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So what but would you yeah, say no. is something quir- quirky about you?
1: Quirky? Oh my gosh, I'm so like I don't I'm not just saying it because it's me. I'm so <laughs> dorky. Um <laughs> like like I'm I sound kind of like I'm keeping my composure right now, but oh my gosh, I'm I don't know how people hang out with me. I'm so dorky. Um, something quirky. Let's see. Um, I have a. I have a, like, a. so my dance moves are very iconic. If you ever come to one of my shows, um, like I said, I can't, like, twist or, like, slouch or anything. So my dance moves are just very, like, yeah, just why. Um, but I also have some really interesting things. So I say, mm-hmm. um, like, when I'm mad, I say, like, my loafers. Or, uh, uh, we, I, I say like crap a damn duck. I have no idea what that means, but like when something doesn't go right, um, yeah, or dang flabbit is a big one too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just think like, I I just, I like to have fun. Like I'm, I'm a really happy person. Mm -hmm. And so anything that you kind of get to share with someone and and be happy, I think that's, that's what makes me quirky, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And you know, that's been a question been on our show for about 50, 60 episodes, and I love that question because it really gives an insight to the different um, artists. Now, granted, when we bring on a guy, I don't ask him what's quirky. I usually ask what's unusual because, you know, kind of – I don't think yeah. a guy would be – I think it would be an awkward yeah. question to ask a guy <laughs> artist.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I make it work. I, but for the women, I, I, it's just mm-hmm. it's been amazing some of the answers we've gotten. We've had know,
2: some of the best answers to that question. <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, actually you're... one of
0: our favorite questions. Well,
2: yeah. it's
1: very unique, too. Like a lot of people, you know, I've, I've never really heard that one before. So <laughs> I like mm-hmm.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what drives you? What's that inner thing in you that drives you to keep this thing going?
1: Um I I feel like that's like a a heavy question for me. Um because mm. I think for me what drives me, I've always said that I feel like um my my motivation is uh, my my uh oh gosh, of course now that we're talking about it I'm not gonna remember my saying. But um my my <laughs> pro, like my mo- my motivation fuels my productivity. So mm-hmm. um so I think that for me like I don't know. I I just think I've been doing this for so long and as I've gotten older, I mean it was it's it's always been a true, true passion of mine. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that I would ever mm-hmm. do anything outside of music, but I think now that um, Sorry. Um <laughs> my dog. Oh, that's okay but, <laughs> but so um I think for me like passion is always fueled motivation. And so, um, I've been doing this for Mm -hmm. so long that as I get older, um, I don't think I could do anything else. And so I think that that's another like pretty big thing too. Um, but like, you know, I'll go like with Mm. Corona and everything, you know, I've been gigging my whole life. And what was one of the interesting things about Corona is that for the first time ever, I didn't have gigs on the weekend. So I kind of got the experience having a little bit of a normal life per se, (laughs)
2: <laughs> and I hated
1: it, so I don't think that overall, yeah, I just don't think that there's any other thing meant for me out there. Like I feel like I've been doing this for so long and from such an early age that it's really like all I know. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, yes, it's, it's who does. you are now.
1: Yeah, really, it's kind <laughs> of
0: become your identity.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And, I, and and since we're kind of going there a little bit already, um, usually I talk about some of the highs, and then I go the other way and talk about some of the lows and the sacrifices. But I think I'm going to go the or, um, way first because I think you're kind of almost leading us there, so I'm going to go there first. Because um, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory behind artists but they don't see the grind. They don't see what it really takes, and right. I can tell you're all in, so you're going to appreciate this little story that we're going to lead into where I want this mm-hmm. to go. But um, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in 2014 when they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And her words were, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full t- full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, because once – you want it to be a career, everything has to change. Your mindset has yeah. to change. You have to eat different. You have to think different. You have to sleep different. You have to exercise different. You, if you have a bad day today and tonight you've got a gig, you've got to get on that stage like nothing happened today. You, have to do, you, you don't get holidays off. You don't get weekends off. That's where all the money's made. And friends and family never understand that side of it. Right. it says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what you're Yeah. Doing? Let's go on that side of a little bit.
1: Man, that's that's great. I mean, that's really like that's that's my entire life. <laughs> um so that, I mean, that's great. That's like a quote of my entire life. Um no, so for me like a little bit of the sacrifices, like things that I've kind of had to um you know, give up. I think having like a normal like I Oh, my gosh, there's so many different um, ends to this question mm-hmm. for me because it's like that was my life. Um, I, yeah. I went virtual school in high school, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't really have a, a high school, like, social life. Um, and so yeah. I think yeah. that was kind of hard for me because I never really had friends, and the friends that I had didn't understand my life at all. Yeah, or exactly. I, I made them, you know, later on. Like, I never had I mean, even to this day, like I don't really have a a best friend and that's not like a a negative thing, but that's just kind of like where my life has, has come to. And also I think that for someone that, you know, is 16 and has their life figured out and knows what you want versus the normal 16 year old who has no idea and is, you know, going to parties on the weekends and, you know, is, is trying to figure out what their, their, um, their retail job what days are they're working their retail job it's very different and it's kind of intimidating and so I think a lot of people didn't like me um and I was also bullied a lot, believe it or not, when I was in school <laughs> before the virtual school, so that kind of played a big role in like my perspective on um
2: yeah
1: on having a social life, but then I think too um when you talk about like giving up things um I, I believe it or not, I'm really athletic. I'm really tall and lengthy, mm-hmm. so I can play lacrosse and run. And you know, I I actually wanted to be the first female on the football team at my high school. Oh wow. Well. But um, yeah, <laughs> crazy, like weird, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, you know, I had to kind of give up that aspect. And you know, even being mm-hmm. in like the drama department or anything, I never really got to have um that that role of that component component of growing up. Um, and so even kind of touching on like the growing up aspect, I had to grow up really fast. You not I don't regret it by any means. And I think one of the biggest compliments people say like for my age is that I I talk really like, like, well, uh, I'm very well spoken. And, um, Mm -hmm. but when I was younger, like it was, it was a struggle. I, all I want to do is like be a little kid, you know? Um, (laughs) and I, I couldn't, like I was singing, uh, at a pizza place for four hours and, by the time mm-hmm. the gig was oh, done, wow. I couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, like, I moved out of, of my parents' home a week after high school, so I think, like, wow. stuff like that definitely kind of shaped mm-hmm. who I am, yeah. and I'll tell anybody now exactly. that, you know, like, live with your family as long as you can, you know, whatever, but <laughs> that's just kind of, like, how mm-hmm. the cookie crumbled for me, I, like dorky sang saying right yeah. there, but... Um, how the cookie crumbles for me per se, but, um, I mean, I, I, like when I was in middle school, I think I took like a month off from singing because of a boyfriend Mm -hmm. who knows, but, um, I just, it, (laughs) it always comes back. And I, you Mm -hmm. know, even this 4th of July was so crazy for me because for the first ever 4th of July, I didn't have a show and I felt like, what am I doing with my life? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think, I think for everybody, I mean, in anything you do, there's always going to be a sacrifice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, mm-hmm. and I always like to bring this side out because I think people, a lot of times an artist, new artists will step into this front of mu- of music and they don't, they see the glory, but they don't realize what it really takes. And I want, and I always want to talk about that side of it, what it really takes so that they can understand so that other people can understand. Cause, cause again, an artist, at I don't care what level you go to. It don't have to be a Blake Shelton. It could be if you're living off of it or even coming close to living off of it, it takes so much sacrifice to even get to that point, much less a Blake Shelton level.
1: I mean it's so much of an emotional, um, an emotional sacrifice and a mm-hmm. financial sacrifice and um, really just like a life sacrifice. I mean I know that sounds like yeah. pretty heavy, but – Um, I mean, like, like the, the, the woman that you were referencing, like, you know, uh, if you're dead tired and you don't, you're sick or whatever, like my mom, my mom always said, and, and, and not in any bad way, but my mom always said, fake it till you make it, you know, if I was really tired Mm -hmm. or sick or whatever, and I was meeting someone like I can't, you don't, I mean, if you're meeting anybody per se, like you don't want to be grumpy, you don't want to come across (laughs) as anything and, um, yeah. So yeah. even at a show, like if I was losing my voice or whatever, you just have to push through. I mean, I can't even tell you the amount of times I was sick and had to sing or um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the, the um, like, I guess life sacrifice per se or life sacrifice could be, um, I mean, I don't, there's, there's just, I mean, really, it consumes your entire life. But if that's yeah. what you're meant to do, then you become okay with it. Um, yeah, and I exactly. think as you get to the point of, of being bigger in in uh, stardom, it becomes almost like really like your entire life because if you go out and people know who you are, you know, if you're shopping or anything, it's really like, oh, there's so-and-so. Let's take a picture. And it's always having to be on. And I think to a normal person or someone that's not in the industry, being on all the time can be really physically and emotionally draining um, but yeah. I like it though. I, I like feeling productive and I like the feeling of when people recognize mm-hmm. me and I get to mm-hmm. be happy and like cheery with these people that are excited to, to meet me because I'm also excited to meet them. So I think it's kind of, um, um, it, it just kind of, you're like chosen for it. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but you really are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like I always tell people, people don't choose music. Music chooses them. Exactly. And now some people don't get that, but I fully get that. I it's one of them th- like, like even with um with our with what we do, you know, we actually originally launched New Country Buzz back in two thousand fourteen fifteen, and mm-hmm. it got so much back then. And back it didn't have the technology like we got now, where we can just do go live like this. Back then, I would type up the whole interviews and all that. And when it's not making money, that's that's tough. And it just got mm-hmm. so much and. I end up shutting it down, and I remember my heart, like, sank because <clears throat> um, it was just rough. And uh, for three years, I always wondered what if. And I'm not a person that, that will live on my life of what if. I'm, I'm one of them that would rather die broke um, than to have this what if. I mean, put it this way. We have launched probably 100 different business ideas in the 17 years we have been married, and they all have wow. failed. But we've learned yeah. from each one, and we're getting closer to launching something like this, what we're doing that actually makes it, and it's grow, each time it grows and grows and grows. But yeah, I felt in, in my spirit, like, you know, for three years it, it ached in me that what if we Country Buzz going? And October 2019, I told Sandy, you know what? Nobody's never rebought that domain. We need to relaunch. I feel like we're supposed to do this and finish what we started. And here we are today, not only with New Country Buzz, we've got the show going. And then mm-hmm. uh, next week, we're actually doing our first ever, we launched a little site called TheMetroBuzz.com that's going to be mm-hmm. about positive news throughout Middle Tennessee because we're trying to build a foundation to make our transition. Yeah. In. And we got our first interview of a business leader in Nashville coming on a new podcast. So we're keep, we keep growing everything that we're doing here now. And, but, it's, but again, it was like everything has been, been so within us that I felt like we had to relaunch and it's all coming together.
1: Yeah, no, that's I'm so happy for you guys. Congratulations. That's a big deal.
0: Okay.
1: But no, okay. it's definitely I mean I feel like I feel like everything <clears throat> happens for a reason. Uh whether it's something in life, love, career mm-hmm you only get stronger and you only learn from your mistakes. Um, and so even hearing you you Mm -hmm. kind of share a little bit of your story, I can totally attest to the the challenges and struggles Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. And even how you said the financial um, burden per se of, of um, trying to start a business or a career or, um, you know, in the music industry, it's so, it's so sad. Um, for people that are just like kind of, I mean, I was wide-eyed at one point, so I don't mean to mm-hmm. say it for like naive people, but yeah. I mean, when I was younger, all I wanted to do was say Taylor was supposed to have a record deal. Um, and man, <laughs> did, did, did did this industry whip me into shape real quick. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's sad too because the music industry, a brill- and people don't realize that a big a big aspect of the industry is the financial. Side of it, yep. um, you know. When I was when I was 16, I wanted to take a song to radio, and it's crazy mm-hmm. now where I am because if I was taking that song to radio, I, I probably would have lost like thirty thousand dollars. Um, oh, And wow. as, you know, hearing hearing that figure <clears throat> when you're 16 and that
2: could be your car uh-huh. is um,
1: mm-hmm. is really like eye opening, um, especially yeah. when you're that young and you don't really know much about money. And you're just trying to save and and you know for an apartment in Nashville, and it 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 can be really 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 discouraging. And so um, mm-hmm. that's just so I think that's the saddest part to me is that how how easily it can crush someone's dreams if you don't yeah. have like the financial aspect well, of it. I mean that goes for anything. And that's why. But.
0: And that's why I want to talk about this. You know, that's why. And I'm I'm really glad that you're been so open on this side of it because you know sometimes the segment for about talking about the, that side of it goes Mm -hmm. for maybe two minutes. You know, I I always let the artists lead with that because, you know, whatever they're willing to open up and share Mm -hmm. is where we'll go. go. And and I want them to be as vulnerable as possible. That's why I tell parts of my story so that then they'll open up. And you've been really honest here, and I'm so glad of that. Because, again, I want people to understand this is a sacrifice for artists. And before someone makes that decision that they're going to take this route, they need to know that, yes, there's glory, but there's also grind with it, yeah,
1: no it's um it's it's hard i mean as as a twenty as a twenty year old that's like wanting to buy a house or you know um even talking about like financial things in the industry, so what so um mm-hmm. i I know it's i it, i mean it can be on such a bigger level, but i I know that there's someone in town, I'm not gonna name names, but um mm-hmm. they they work on the production side of singing and so Luckily like people in town are nice and, and cut independent artist deals but on the production side of making a single or a song or anything um they they it, it was like a couple hundred dollars for them to you know put their work into it but then for someone that's on mm-hmm. a label it was like thousands of dollars so yeah. it's just it's kind of sadder even as far as like branding goes okay so each artist has mm-hmm. a certain look so you know for yeah. me I really, I love free people, which is like a really, of course, a really expensive clothing line. But, you know, you kind of have mm-hmm. to look the part of an artist sometimes. So, like, clothing plays a big part of it, too, looking like an artist. Because when, I always tell myself, when when you feel like an artist, you you are an artist. And so, if yeah. you don't really, like, feel cute one day or, or something, that kind of affects your, and Sandy, I'm sure you probably know, when you don't feel cute one day, that oh, yeah. affects your personality big time. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and confidence is a huge thing in in town. So when you don't feel cute and you don't have the confidence, that's kind of a big mm-hmm. factor. Um, so I mean, there's there's a clothing aspect of it. There's, um,
2: yeah.
1: uh you know, the instrumentation. If you have a, a crappy guitar, your sound is going to come out crappy. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there's the the mm-hmm. having a team, a publicist. You're going to put out a single. Okay, we have to hire a publicist for a couple thousand dollars. You know, it's um, yeah. It's it, and it it's it's crazy. I I always reference when the, the going to radio when I was sixteen because I remember like my family. And my, and my parents were so supportive of me, um, but I remember mm-hmm. it was my dad, my mom, and I uh, in this meeting, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we just like you know, it was one of those moments where it was like okay, like I guess this is the next step. Like it was just <laughs> it was so it was so um, empowering for us, but mm-hmm. and so eye opening, but so um, so discouraging at the same time. And so yeah. uh, not to mention that. as you, yeah. And as you progress in levels in your career, you, the, the, the input of money only goes up as well. So, um, yeah. you know, when you're at, at, at a level like mine, I'm not saying I do this, but there are several instances where I've been approached with this, um, where it's like a pay to play situation. Yeah. So you have to pay, mm-hmm. You know, several thousand dollars to be on a roster, but that's your exposure. That's where you're, you know, in front of your labels or your radio people or whoever. And it's just so sad. And I just, and and that's why I, I don't. Love is not the right word I I would use to like describe talking about this. But I just, it was such a, an eye opening thing to me. I just want to share that knowledge, with Mm -hmm. with someone because it it really was so life changing in in a a sense.
0: And I'm glad you did. Now that we hit that side and we hit it pretty hard, let's flip it the other way. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a few moments where you look back, you know, because, again, people can say, well, God, you go, go through all that. Where's the glory? Well, let's talk about that. Tell, tell us a, some of the moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that. Yeah, so um,
1: I'm, I'll, I'll say more recent things because I feel like really yeah. the the resolution of going into my 20s kicking butt, uh, like all, like, <laughs> everything that I've really ever wanted has kind of started to come true this year for me. Of course, gotta love mm-hmm. Corona, but it is what it is.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. so <laughs> I,
1: as a songwriter talking about the program that I'm in, i called the GPS program. And so it pretty much is like, I think the top eight, I could be wrong of this, um, of, if you guys are familiar with BMI and ASCAP, uh, it's the top five yeah. or top mm-hmm. eight independent, yeah. um, songwriters that are ready for a publishing deal or like it's close to it so this company pretty Mm -hmm. much that's really elite in town says that you're the best well i i've been trying to be in this program since i was 15 like as a songwriter that's Mm -hmm. all i ever ever wanted and i've been working five years to perfect my craft and and they knew it I, i mean when i was 15 i was you know little old me being persistent begging them to put me in these programs and they finally put me in it this year so but when I got that email I remember calling my mom and my mom and I were just sobbing on the phone because it was (laughs) just like you like you're achieving everything you ever wanted um and I told myself too like I I love Eric Church more than anything um and Mm -hmm. I said that when I felt like I when I got when I got the if I if I ever got the opportunity to open up for him it would be like I, I made it. I would personally feel like I made it. And then yeah. I got that call this year too. And another phone call to my mom sobbing. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think, I don't think it's, it's not necessarily like the, you you work so hard that when something good happens, yeah. it's like, this is, it, it's all worth it. And um, mm-hmm. I've, I, I've never worked harder for anything in my life and I've never wanted anything more than this. And so when mm-hmm. you finally kind of start to see the the reward p- paying off, it's just it's a really great feeling, and I think that that's what uh, fuels the motivation and fuels the passion for me, is yeah. um, the little moments where you're like, okay, I'm doing something right, because you don't really get those a yeah. lot. You you know you you hear it from a friend or, you know, for me, I always wanted to be like the girl version at church, and so for the past <laughs> uh, year, I'd really been trying hard to kind of put on that persona i guess you could say and branding mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. music yeah. too um and i never got in the validation from the industry and all of a sudden everyone's mm-hmm. like well yeah you're right there's a missing market for that like you're doing it you're you know you're doing oh, it uh, right and but even yeah. just the verbal the verbal appreciation and the uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know it's just so so rewarding and you get off those phone calls or those meetings and you're like okay What can I do next? How can I constantly outdo myself? And it's it's just it's like a mind game, you know. It's it's just really fun.
0: That is really awesome, and you know we've got great time to take a little quick break, commercial break, and then we're going to play your song "Roll" and come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Yeah. Right, and great song by the way.
2: Thank you so much. You've done a
0: great job on it. So here we go.
2: Hey everyone. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the SportsGuysPodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Um.
1: Set the record straight That hole he was digging He was digging too deep Hope she can handle What she stole from me So I roll Flow like a river Roll like a coast To the way I cope I bet your mama never told you Burn
2: Yes, awesome song. Thanks.
0: And the sound you bring to it was amazing.
2: It was,
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, you guys are so <laughs> kind. I, Thank you.
0: It, it, you know, it's funny. When you said earlier that you're trying to carve out that woman, Eric Church, I can see it.
2: Yeah. Yes, we oh, that's we said so we can definitely see that. <laughs>
1: Well, it it was such a uh a, you know I heard you say we we're going to talk about roll a little bit so I guess I'll get into this um you know kind of I really wanted role um in this kind of new era for me to mm-hmm. to be more mature um I felt mm-hmm. like even when I moved to town I've been doing this for so long everyone kind of viewed me as the fifteen year old that came to town um and so I wanted something that kind of set me apart for a living and write songs like that then so mm-hmm. why not. But I think that there's a fine line of, you know, of what guys can say versus girls and the songwriting process, you know, um, a girl girl can't really talk about, you know, a long day's work and like, you know, drinking beer Mm -hmm. and going mudding and fishing and whatnot. And so I I, I was kind of challenged with having to figure out ways around that. And so Mm -hmm. um, I kind of had to figure out what I had to say. And as a songwriter, I think that that's so important um yeah. to kind of showcase in your artistry but yeah i know well, i wrote roll and, and uh, you can see the progression of all my songs if you've gone back and looked homemade was kind of like mm-hmm. okay this is what i have to say like i'm i'm a, like i'm homemade like i'm this is my just like i'm this all-american girl and then sweet tea mm-hmm. was more kind of sassy yeah. um and kind of yeah. shows more of a maturity as far as like talking about smoking or drinking, whatever that may be. And then role was just kind of full blown, like, this is who I am. And so it's kind of neat as like some of my fans say, you can see the progression of owning my craft and like figuring out who I am. And so it's kind of Mm -hmm. neat for me, um, even talking about growing up because I I really truly feel like I'm who I am now. And I'm like 100% like authentic. Like I found my roots Mm -hmm. and like my branding and what I have to say.
0: And aren't you in the studio now at State of Mind, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh, Chris Sandy. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for State of Mind. Um, I was really excited for Roll. And getting to talk about Roll was mm-hmm. um, such a passion project for me. And, and State of Mind, um, I wrote State of Mind. Cause so so when Roll came out, because um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to one-up myself. Um, when Roll yeah. came out, I was like, okay, how am I going to top this? Like, I can't. Roll is kind of darker, so I needed to do like the summertime mm-hmm. roll. Um, and so I wrote State of Mind, and it's very like 80s rock and roll, it's very fun mm-hmm. and vintagey, I guess you could say. It's very, it's the perfect summer roll. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm just so excited for people to hear it because not only does it showcase more of um, vividry, or, like imagery, not vividry. <laughs> what that's <laughs> not a word, imagery. Um, yeah, it's it, it's just yeah, also it's very like very vivid, it's it, it, yeah. Have you heard it?
0: <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm doing...
1: We
2: haven't yet.
1: Vividry, I guess that could be that's pretty funny. <laughs> um you can tell the coffee like is kicking
2: it.
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm really excited for people to hear it and it's just it's it's um a brighter era of role
2: per okay. se. So that is awesome. that'd be
1: great.
0: So one thing I like to do on our show is um Give the artists one or two minutes to just talk about their team because, as you know, people see you, but they don't see the PR companies. They don't see producers or managers or anything like that, mm-hmm. but we both know without a good team, you can't do and be who you are. So tell, take a couple minutes and just tell us a little bit about the team behind you that helped you be who you are.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so first of all, I appreciate you so much for bringing this up because I would not be who I am without my team.
2: I would not be where
1: I am without my team either. Um. So I first gotta just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do like the PR side. I my my PR yeah. team is just so so great. i I've been with them for so long. Um. And I. I it really just kind of started off as like a, hey, we're in the same office kind of thing, and they just uh-huh. helped me from the get-go. Um, And so when I decided to really put singles out there, they've just done so much for me and and teaching me about the business. And um, I'm just really grateful for them. But then uh, let's see. What's crazy is that I do everything else on my own um, as far as booking and, you know, I'm an independent (laughs) artist. So I kind of do all that on my own. Um, The the PR team really helps me with, with uh, figuring out the right way to say things and the right way to do things. So um, oh, wow. I kind of give them all the crazy ideas and they're like, okay, Bailey, you're you're pulling the <laughs> cart for the horse. Um, let's figure out how to put the, the horse in front of the cart. Um, but uh, I mean PR team has really been great. Um, my, believe it or not, one of my best friends has hopped on to be kind of like my assistant because I get so excited um, and so passionate about what I do that I somehow end up overwhelming myself with everything that <laughs> I've decided to take on. So uh-huh. I kind of added on an assistant just to kind of help me, like, get my thoughts in order. Um, so she's been really great. But then also, that's like, my, my parents. Me. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's great. You guys have one another, um, and Chris, you have Sandy. No, I um, and then also my parents from the get go. Like I, am not. My mom is my best friend. Um, and so I would not. I would not be where I am without my mom. And it's mm-hmm. like I said. I literally like when anything good happens. Like I call her, or we get so excited. It's just, it's, it's, it's great. And my dad, like my dad's a business one. Um, he's like the. <laughs> He's not anywhere near, like, a lawyer or an attorney or anything, but, like, he's more on the business side of things. So he mm-hmm. handles the contracts mm-hmm. and everything, oh, um, right. which is funny. He's so, like, family-oriented. Um, and then my so, band. So tell my us band a band parent
0: stuff. story. Tell us a parent, a parent story, story where, where um, they went above. Now, Grant, I know that they probably go above and beyond all the time, but if something mm-hmm. stands out to where they went above and beyond and you were like, wow, they really get this is my passion.
1: Well, I, there's several instances, um, you know, I think even going back to the radio thing, my parents were like, okay, like mm-hmm. if this is what we have to do, we have to do it. And it was just so like, oh my gosh, if like, you guys are willing to do that for me, like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, But not, but not to single my mom out, but um, my mom, <laughs> I remember, I mean, I'd, I'd always like, they, they, there was a fine line of when I played guitar and I was just playing it just, you know, to learn how to play guitar versus when I realized that I wanted to do this professionally, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a, a, mm-hmm. literally, like, an overnight thing, and so I remember, I remember mm-hmm. going to a Demi Lovato when she still was, You're like, right. on Disney Channel and, like, Camp Rock, uh-huh. and um, my mom and I went, and I remember the whole time I just wanted to tell my mom that I wanted to be a professional singer, and I was so nervous. <laughs> I, was, I don't even know, like, thinking about it now, it was so stupid, but I finally got the courage to tell my mom. Like, I, I looked at my mom and I was like, "I want to do this for a living," and she just mm-hmm. looked back at me and she's like, "Okay, let's make this happen." And that oh, was wow. it. We never said anything else to each other that entire night. I mean, she might have taken mm-hmm. my picture, you know, in front of you know, like <laughs> the tour stuff. But after oh. that, it was like it was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. let's figure this out." Like, how do we do this? And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I remember her coming to me a couple of days later, being like. So here's an open mic you can do like, let's,
2: and oh, wow. my mom
1: is like, yeah, I mean, I think my, my dad was always supportive, but I think my mom just knew a little bit more of how to get it started. And so, I mean, yeah. so I'm so grateful to my, to my entire family, like my grandma, I even played her the new single today and, um, mm-hmm. she was like just hopping up and down, like screaming. So it, it it's just cute.
0: And, and I didn't mean to interrupt you when you was about to talk about your band, so throw them in there now.
1: Yeah. No, you're totally fine. So, yes, my band, you know, it's it's so great because I feel like um, a, a big kind of uh, motto in my life is do unto others is, is you'd want them to do to you or whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm kind, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the saying of kind, yeah. So I feel rule. like for me, I, yeah, exactly. I, um, I just really like everything it just feels so, like, family-oriented, it's, like so close mm-hmm. and just, like, just supportive all around. And so, um, so with my band, I, I just felt like, you know, you, you, you find your crew, um, and you learn things so hard. way, like we were talking about earlier in life lessons and, um, with my band I just truly felt like I have like family members with me um you know not Mm -hmm. only are they my band but they're my best friends and um I'm just really grateful for everybody that's kind of and it's neat too because as you get as you get kind of bigger in the industry it's crazy Mm -hmm. how how much people do for you and like how you kind of start building your camp and and the fact that, like, you know, someone would quit their job to, like, go play with me on the road because they believe in me that hmm. much is so yeah – I'm just so grateful.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I can tell that you're big-time family, family-oriented and all that, and we consider our show a family affair. We have a third party, a third co-host, mm-hmm. a little
2: do. eight-year-old yeah. that we
0: – he always asks one question to each artist. So, we, see if we can get Aww. him on real quick. And when our sixteen month old daughter gets old, older, we'll be plugging her in too. <laughs>
1: yes! Oh my gosh! Well, I would love to be asked a question by. You said he's eight.
0: <clears throat> yeah, he's eight. He's Okay, that.
1: here he is. Here's Christopher. Hi, baby. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh, you're so cute. I just want to <laughs> wrap you up and give you as a Christmas present. Um. <laughs> so my favorite food, bacon. <laughs> I also love salads, too. It's Probably those two are like a tie.
0: (laughs) And what's yours, Will Chris?
1: Pizza. Oh, yeah. Do you like cheese pizza (laughs) or pepperoni pizza?
2: Pepperoni. Really? Well, hey, that's a
1: pretty good choice of food right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He comes and goes.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's so but cute.
0: He, he loves, loves his little to be party. part of it. <clears throat> oh, that's and, so great. I been, love
1: I love the family orientation. That's great. Yeah,
0: you know, we you know, we try to make things different and memorable and it's funny. Everybody remembers him before us, so
2: Oh, <laughs> um, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he's memorable so, so I joke, <laughs> he's
0: our secret weapon here. Right. <laughs>
2: that's great. <laughs>
0: So, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write
2: about?
1: Um, I if I could, I would probably do like Taylor Swift and Eric Church. Oh wow. Um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, shocker. Um, I don't know <laughs> what I would write about, but I just think to be in a room and watch their create like creative the creativity come to life. Um, I think that would be really fascinating and really eye-opening.
0: I wonder what would come but out I'd, with them two together.
1: Probably some pop rock magic.
2: Yeah, probably some like so,
1: pop rock magic, I'd say.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yes,
0: that would so, be awesome. Definitely. So, so I'm about to ask a question, and I've got a purpose for the way I ask it. Um, And I'll explain right after I asked the question, but if you had Mm -hmm. a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it in this way is um, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini before most people knew who she was. Mm -hmm. And the answer she gave us back then is pretty much what she's living right now. And I like to tell that story to get the artist to really think about what can happen in five years, because a lot can happen. So yeah. if all bets were off, where would you be in five years?
1: Um, you know, I'll, before, I, before I answer this, I'll say, too, I think that um, being specific with this is really, really key. I, I remember one of the first interviews I had in Nashville, uh, like a meeting mm-hmm. per se. But this person was just trying to, like, figure me out and understand who I was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He asked me where I saw myself in 10 years. And, um, I just, I was like, and this was, I was like 15 when he asked me this and I was like, well, I don't, I mean, just really everything. Like I, I want to be touring and, um, you know, I want to be living like the life of a country singer. And I remember him Mm -hmm. telling me that, um, until I figured out what I wanted to do specifically, that, Mm um, that there was going to be a gap that I wouldn't really reach my full i i wouldn't really yeah. as, as much success as i could achieve because um yeah. you know like let's say toby keith toby keith when he was uh when he got asked that question said he wanted to be a billionaire and he made it happen <laughs> it's it's more this, mm-hmm. uh, um being specific about it and so that of course when mm-hmm. i when that happened to me I, I really got like set back and so i really thought for a mm-hmm. long time what it was and i think for me i think it'd be really cool to, to win a grammy um Mm -hmm. I think, too, to be be on tour, as far as five years ago, I think to come out with with an album that's 100% authentically me and um, Mm -hmm. really like everything that I've ever wanted um, Mm -hmm. for me to sound like. I think putting out projects that you're really passionate about are so key Um, rather than just doing what the industry wants. You know, because so many people nowadays have to change because of a record deal or whatever, and I think that staying authentic is something that I really want to um, maintain, but uh, mm-hmm. getting a, a Grammy would be great because I think my sound is so different. Like, an album of the year, I think, would be awesome. Um, I that think having smart. a headlining tour, in five years, mm-hmm. I'd 25, so um, I think at that point, hopefully I would find as much success to have a headlining tour and um, mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of neat to, uh, you know what, one thing I've always wanted, um, talking about like getting recognized, I think it's really, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool to go out in public and be recognized, you know, <laughs> like, like a paparazzi yeah. kind of thing. Hey,
2: there like, she like, is. There's is.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that'd be so, yeah. I just love that. I, I love meeting and talking to people. So I think that that would just be like, whoa, kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say you heard him or her sing, and they were really good. They had something special. They had that itch factor, and you could just tell. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. I like to get specific Mm here, uh, you know, as you ain't noticed with the show. But Mm -hmm. let's say that they've played 20, maybe 30 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on that side of it, but they've gotten on that stage, and they've gotten what every – artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and they just know they're in the right place. They come to you and they say, Bailey, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years?
1: Um, I would say for one, if you wanting to be a, a songwriter as well, to go to ASCAP. ASCAP has changed my life. Um, I think to surround yourself with any and everything that you possibly can in Nashville. There's no, there's no good and bad that'll come from that uh, as long as you do it in uh, an authentic way. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think when you get the vibe of someone that's just wanting to be your friend when they want something from you, and so I think when you genuinely are like passionate about being someone's friend and learning from them, there's a big difference. Um,
2: yeah.
1: But I think too, I think in four. I think in three to four years or four to five years, you said um, that will help them is really find out who you are and what you have to say. Because in that moment, yeah. when you have the confidence to sell yourself, that's the big difference. Um, I grew mm-hmm. up and everyone was like, oh, you sound like Taylor Swift. And at the time, I wanted to be Taylor Swift, but it was yeah. like, okay, I'm not Taylor Swift, I'm Bailey Callahan. Like, how. I need to find out who I am and that may or may not come with maturity. I think with me, it it came with maturity, but I know I always hated when people said, Oh, just wait till you're older. So I think that that just kind of will come on someone's own time, but once you figure out your branding and your color scheme and everything, tell yourself, and that's how you kind of individualize, um, who you are and what you can bring to the table. And so I think that that would be the biggest thing that I would, uh, recommend. (laughs)
0: I love that great advice. Now, as we come to our last question here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh
1: my gosh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> uh, you, honestly, you've asked great questions. Like i um well, like very, well, like, ones, like very, like questions that I'm so passionate about talking about. So thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Um, uh, one question I wish that I would be asked. Um, maybe.
0: And you know, and see, we've built our show around this. In fact, like 60, 70 episodes back, this question that we asked here, one one of the girls said, um, I just wish somebody would ask what's quirky about me. That's where that came from. (laughs) Yeah, it did.
1: (laughs) Um, that's me. Uh, man, you got me stuck here. Um, Probably well, that's good, like cuz we, we like to cover has, it all. Yeah, maybe one thing that makes you you.
0: What would yeah. you say the answer to that is?
1: Um what makes you you? One, one thing that makes me me. Um I think other than music, um I think I think uh like character. I always find myself referencing <laughs> my character. Um and I think <laughs> I don't know, I think you know, I like, when you talk to someone or you, because you know the mu- the music industry is such a friendly business. So I've I've learned to just I- I've learned to kind of sniff out like real people and like fake people. Even in mm-hmm. being bullied in high school and whatever, I just um, that's like a big part of like my life. I feel like and something that I value. And so mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. character and like personality and just being being you know nice to people. I think that that's kind of like one thing that makes me me. If that makes sense.
0: That is awesome. Makes total sense. So if you come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you.
1: Sure. Well, um, I'd love to talk to everybody. Like I said, I just like talking to people. Um, You can go on Instagram. It's Bailey Callie. So Bailey, like the liquor, just B-A-I-L-E-Y. And then Callie like half of California, so C-A-L-I. You can go to BaileyCallahan.com, too. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, um, (laughs) iTunes. And yeah, thank you for listening.
0: And you know, we loved having you on, and look forward to down the road having you back on.
1: Oh yeah, and I can't wait to talk to your 16th month uh, mother.
2: Uh yes, <laughs> we'll we'll be plugging her in before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> we well, all take care. Thank you so much. Stay safe. All right. Uh, oh, you, you too.
0: Take, and we'll Stay. talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.